Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. After two weeks away, the Portsmouth men are finally on the cusp of returning to action. With last week's trip to Barnsley falling victim to the international break, the Blues have been without a fixture since that 3-1 win over Peterborough United at Fratton Park almost a fortnight ago. On the show tonight, We'll be providing a full preview of tomorrow's trip to Derby County, discussing whether or not Tino Andrin could make his Pompey debut this weekend and weighing up the options available to replace the suspended Joe Morrell at Pride Park. As always, we're eager to hear what you've got to say as well. Don't hesitate to get in touch between now and seven Pompey fans. We want to know who you think replaces Joe Morrell this weekend, whether or not Tino Andrin comes straight into the side and, of course, your score predictions too. 81400 is is our text number. Make express the first word of your message. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch through the Express FM app. We're going to gather the thoughts of our two studio guests shortly, but as it's been a hot minute since the Blues were last in action, let's first remind ourselves of the season so far and revisit the events of Pompey's start to the 2023-24 campaign. This is Express FM and you're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Obviously there's pressure from the fans always to succeed, but we know we're doing everything right and we're doing everything that uh, you know should be done for a football club and for long-term success and uh, you know cautiously optimistic for this year. Here we go then, 2023-24 League One season. Have we are ready to get underway. We'll be there for every kick, every game. Gordon tries to get it in behind on the left. It's a good ball, and Norris has come when he shouldn't have done, and it's a chance for Bristol Rovers, and Collins has wasted it. Sloppy from Pompey, poor finishing, nil-nil. Pompey on the attack, rafting across, deep one, high towards the far post. Scully's going to try and attack it, loose in the area. Scully's going to have a chance. Bishop, Bishop! Oh, how's that gone over? Corner kick, great defending, nil-nil. It's a great chance for Giovanni Brown. He squares it, Bristol Rovers score! Side-footed finish by Luke Thomas on his Bristol Rovers debut. Portsmouth at sixes and sevens at the back. It's a really, really sloppy goal to concede. And with 24 minutes gone, Portsmouth nil, Bristol Rovers one. Pack now to deliver. Oh, that hit a hand? It's in the area. White! Oh, he's missed a great chance. Portsmouth are trailing at the interval against Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers clear that to the edge of the box to White. White shoots, and it's a good save from Cox, who tips it over the bar. Another Pompey corner. Ogilvy has got it, and he might hit one from here. And he does hit one, and it's hit the post from Ogilvy. Rafferty with the second ball, chips into the middle. Plenty of blue shirts in there. Scully can't get his head to the ball. Loose one is picked up by Sparks. Can he deliver? Left-footed cross, keeper tries to punch it. And it's headed over the bar by Camera. 
Bishop is saying he's punched him in the head. It's got to be a foul. Referee not interested. Cross comes in. Good delivery. Oh, there's clearly a foul in there. Yegi is pulled to the ground. And Sam Allison is not interested. And corner kick is the decision. That looked a little bit blatant there. And Bristol Rovers may have got away with one. Camera to the right. To Rafferty to deliver. Chips into the middle. And it's headed down by Yegi off the post. And have needed an injury time goal from Cassini Yangi to ensure that they get themselves a point on the opening day of the season. Under the circumstances, uh, happy to obviously take the point, but I think overall we'll be really disappointed when we look back at the game and we'll see it as two points dropped. That was the great ball forward and it might fall in the penalty effort. Yangi and Yangi has blazed it over the bar and the flag stays down and a glorious chance missed for Pompey in the opening 90 seconds is 0-0. That is a big miss. That's a golden opportunity. Scully to send it in again towards the far post. Headed down, a great save. Yengi with a header down. Cameras picked up the pieces, brought back towards the far post. Again, plenty of bodies there to attack it, losing the penalty area. And Forrest Green are going to get it away. His camera coming forward for Pompey on the right into the Forrest Green penalty area, goes down under a challenge. And the referee waves that one away. Forest Green have it in there over halfway, and Bunker is bringing it forward and finding Omatoy in the penalty area. Up against Shot to see Omatoy step over shot, and it's gone through Schofield and into the back of the net. And Forest Green Rovers have taken the lead. Tyrese Omatoy with his first goal for the club, and one Schofield won't want to see again. It's Forest Green Rovers one, Portland nil. Right footed in swing to come from Anthony Stunning. Only player retained from Saturday, trailing by a goal to nil. Here it comes, deep towards the far post. Keeper comes, misses it, and it's going to be forced into the back of the net. And Portsmouth are level. Yengi's claiming it. I'm not sure if it's come off the defender as well. But Cassini Yengi grabs his second Portsmouth goal. It's Forest Green one, Portsmouth one. It's another goal where the goalkeeper may not want to see again. And now here is Sadie outside the box. What can Sadie do? Wanted to get the shot away, didn't open up. Finds camera, Pompey outside the penalty area. Looking for Swanson. Swanson! And Swanson scores! Beats the goalkeeper at the near post. Curls it in. Well worked from Portsmouth. And Zach Swanson has given Portsmouth the lead. Here's Abu Kamara looking to try and take on his man. Drive it to the area. Great feet from Kamara. He falls to the ground. And this time, the penalty kick is given to Portsmouth. Whistle goes. Yengi does take a little pause. Stares at the ball. Steps up and scores. He does smash it high over Surly. Went the right way. But it's a really well-struck penalty. It's a second for Cassini Yengi, who may well be about to come off but a really, really fine evening for him. Forest Green Rovers won Portsmouth 3. I think the gaffer's given me the licence to, to have a bit more freedom, I think, getting in pockets and obviously helping Abs out wide, I think, making runs. I think that's what I like to do and I think I've done that tonight. I think the, the ultimate reflection over the last couple of days is the fact that plenty of players have given us a headache in terms of team selection for the weekend. White trying to get the cross into the near post to Sadie, short, deflected, loose and cleared away. Sadie didn't really connect with the effort, 0-0. Rashly delivering towards the near post, loose ball, Pack helps it on and helps it into the net the post again in slow motion the ball trickles towards the goal and with 20
63 minutes gone, it's Leighton Orient nil, Portsmouth 1. There's a mistake and a chance for Leighton Orient, a real chance and they've blown it! Shocknessy thought the ball was going behind, Monker had the opportunity and Regan Paul has saved a goal with a brilliant, brilliant bit of defending 1-0. White will pick it up, back to goal, right corner of the box, goes back to Rafferty, ball now comes in, decent delivery, Bishop's there and Bishop scores! Off the mark, it's Rafferty with the cross yet again and when you saw the freeze frame of the ball heading to Bishop's head, him getting away from the defender, you knew there was likely to only be one outcome. Leighton Orient nil, Portsmouth two. Back to White, Leighton Orient opened up here. Sir Scully leaves it for Bishop, and he strikes it well, but why? On the right wing, Gavin White coming forward now for Pompey Early, cross looking for Bishop, and Beckles has scored a terrible own goal. Had to try and play the ball, and it spun off his shin over the goalkeeper into the top corner. He couldn't have planted it beyond his own goalkeeper any better than that. It is a long, long, long way back for Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient nil, Portsmouth three. Barks into the penalty area with his right foot, thought about hitting it, lays it off for Scully, chipped into the middle, Yengi at the far post, Pack nodded down, Yengi surely being fouled. That's a ball. Yengi cannot believe a penalty's not given, and the penalty is now given. Yengi's not made a Portsmouth appearance without scoring. He's looking to make it four in eight days. Yengi steps up and scores the other way. Rolls it to the goalkeeper's right. Four goals for Portsmouth for Katini Yengi. Four today for Portsmouth. An emphatic Portsmouth victory. They have beaten Leighton Orient by four goals to nil. It drives the standards to have such fierce competition. Team morale, sorry, morale, and just everything about the squad at the moment seems to be really high. Yeah. And I was very surprised. Riley Taylor got off the coach, and I, I thought he'd be involved in, in the matchday squad at least. There's nothing better than the way you win when you come away and you have a good journey on the coach. Equally, when you get beat, it's an absolute nightmare. So we'll enjoy you, but we'll focus now on Tuesday. We are underway. Great to have you with us. Here's Robertson, 40 yards out. He wants a shot on goal. Robertson drives forward, does hit it. Decent strike. Good save from Sinisalo, away to his right. Space on this right side for Pompey, 30 yards out. White's got Rafferty in the overlap. Rafferty with three to aim for the middle. Rafferty's crossed to the near post. Loose ball in the box. Short for Bishop, deflects and save. Scully do here to the feet of Robertson. Robertson shot. Robertson goal just wide. Perfect control. He just thought he was going to bend it in. Nil nil. And that is the half-time whistle. Portsmouth in 68% possession, but just four shots to Exeter's two. Portsmouth coming into the penalty area. Colby Bishop. Bishop scores. Mark with the assist. That's an emphatic finish from Colby Bishop. Exeter looked pretty good aerially in the boxes. Comes in towards the near post, nodded down, loose and over the bar, and extra flown a great chance, and I think it's Sweeney. Long diagonal from Cox towards the penalty area, extra win the first header and the second, and there's a chance for Sweeney. It's brilliantly saved by Norris. How has he kept that one out? It's still 1 0, and there is the final whistle. And Portsmouth have beaten Exeter City by a goal to nil. It's seven points from three games to start the new League One season. We've got a lot of tightness at heart at this uh, football club and everyone's still gelling. But um, yeah, hopefully as the as the games go on, we can develop that relationship further. We're underway at Fratton Park. Scully cross to the far post, Robinson! He can't get on the end of it and it goes behind and he puts his head in the turf because he knows it's half a chance. Berry heads half away, shot from Rafferty! Tipped round the post. 
struck it well. Pompey corner, nil nil. And it comes towards the near post. Heads go up. Cheltenham win the first. Loose for Pad. Still loose in the penalty area. Chocolacy lays it off. White stands it up back to the far post. Still there, not it down. And is it in? It's hit the post. Paul Sang has gone over the line. Southwood's got the ball. The assistant and the referee say no goal. Ogilby one volley second over the bar. It actually sat nicely for him. It's still nil-nil. Rafferty flicks it on, loose in the penalty area. Pompey want a, uh, Pompey's fans want a penalty, they won't get one. And that is the half-time whistle here at Fratton Park. And it's a fairly muted response at the interval. Not the frustration we've seen in the past, certainly not the applause that we saw on Tuesday from the supporters. It is nil-nil. I think the fourth official's now done a cast. What's the stoppage for? What's the referee doing? What's going on? Oh, someone... What on earth is going on? Assistants walking over as well. I think I think that I think the fourth official can't run now. I think he's done his calf. So ten minutes are gone in the second half. Stop for 15 minutes, and we're going to keep going. So this is going to be a late finish. That's the final whistle, and there's loud boos around Fratton Park on what ultimately is a very strange day at Fratton Park, but a disappointing one because Portsmouth have been held by struggling Cheltenham. It's finished Portsmouth nil, Cheltenham Town nil. In terms of summing the game up, I thought we were completely dominant throughout 90 minutes without creating enough to, to win the game. Once I confirmed who I was, you know, my, my registration, the credentials with Hans FA and date of birth and everything, and it was me. And they'd asked how much I'd had to drink, obviously, because I was in <laughs> hospitality, but uh, I go there as a social thing with friends and family every game. So, uh, you know, it's not about having a beer. So I was actually fine. I'd, I'd not had a beer. No. So uh, once they were happy, we were OK. <laughs> the reason we feel we're able to, to make these changes is because we, we think we're, we're really, really strong. And uh, you know, we're going to put out an incredibly strong team tomorrow night, in, in our opinion, that is going to go and um, look to win the game. We are now underway on Express FM. Fulham are in the penalty area again, down by the right. Uh, Deb Ballon is sent in and the ball's in the back of the net. And Fulham have taken the lead inside the first minute. It's Chris Donnell who's put it in. And it comes and it's into the net. And Sean Raggett has slid it at the far post and stabbed it in from a yard out. The ball comes into the penalty area. and giving Portsmouth the lead. So let Pompey make a mess, a horrible mess, and somehow Fulham have equalised a horrible ball back to Schofield. He couldn't deal with it, and Marshall Goddo has slid in, but he's forced the ball into the net, and Fulham are level. Raggett's got it in the centre of the Fulham half. Tries to shoot for Raggett, and he does hit one. What a goal! What an amazing strike from Sean! Coy's flat and Scopel's come out and there's a chance and Fulham have scored. It was all so, so easy. Two players against five and it's the Fulham players that have come out on top and Delano McCoy Splat goes under Schofield and makes it Portsmouth three, Fulham three. And out of play and that is the full-time whistle here at Bratton Park. Needs to score to keep Fulham alive and then we'll go to a seventh spot kick. Right footed, stepped up and saved! 
get the bonus point. Overall, I think the feeling for me and certainly for the staff is one of disappointment. I thought we should have really put the game to bed and some of the things we did in the second half, I thought we were really poor and barely deserved to draw the game. I do work on a bit of finishing and training now, but I'm not sure I've quite hit one like that before, so yeah, it's pleasing to see it going. Probably should have had a couple more, to be honest, as well, so it's a bit frustrating. And we're underway here at Broadhill Way or the Lamex Stadium. Long throw to come into the box, looping one to the near post. Flick on by Stephen Each danger here, nodded down, and a great save from Norris. And it's a corner kick. Danger there, nil-nil. And Stevenage through McDonald will get it pulled back into the box. It's a lovely cross. And Presley's put it over the bar. Chance of the game so far. Missed nil-nil. Stevenage have got it with Reed in the penalty area. Ogilvy slides in. Needed to chance. Comes in for Roberts. Hits the post and bounces away. And it will be a throw to Portsmouth nil-nil. Everyone sliding in. No one able to win the ball. And Rafferty couldn't get away. And there's it got very nasty there between Rafferty and Forster Kasky. And the referees get up to step in here, Rafferty has been sent off and Forster Kasky have been sent off. Wow. Well, I think it was a punch from Rafferty and a kick from Forster Kasky and the referee has deemed both to be violent conduct and both sides are down to 10 men. Morel, nice cross. Swanson trying to get in there, good defending. Good defending from Piergiani. Works it to Lane in the box, Pompey in the Stevenage penalty area, across the face of goal, and Paul at the far post. Can't force it in, but he was offside anyway. Referee decides that is that, and the full-time whistle goes here at Broadhall Way. Portsmouth have drawn 0-0 in League One for the second consecutive Saturday and they have now gone 16 games unbeaten in the Football League for the first time in their history. Both threads, I thought, looked strange, and both players seemed to be absolutely fine. Raf said at the back end, I mean, you just get up and shake hands, and they said, yeah, yeah, we're well, absolutely fine, no problem, and then both of them got sent off. Very, very strange, and I think that the refereeing unit saw something that no-one else in the ground saw. That was a makeshift Stevenish back line today. You could see at moments there were times when they switched off, and those had to be moments in which Pompey were clinical and capitalised. Unfortunately, there's nothing clinical about this group of players at the minute. No goals in a long time. Pedestrian football's not good enough from a Pompey point of view, and that's what it was, playing it around the back, the opening and the opening's to come. Test the keeper more. We did not test their keeper at all this afternoon. That's that's not good enough. Portsmouth are in usual home colours. Going from left to right in the first hand, there might be 250 Peter fans. Robertson trying to get away from his man, and he does. Danger for Peter here. Robertson's deflected shot. Fumble by Ali got him put it in. Surely no! believe he hasn't scored and he's got hurt in trying to put that rebound in it just looked like the ball was there it's good goalkeeping and Lane is hurt and that is not a good sign it's a corner kick nil nil oh Lane could be in here he's wide what can Lane do Lane will look back on his left foot goes to the dead ball line tries to pull it back good defender Fernandez another corner kick still nil nil Goes deep towards the far post. Tady was hoping it was going to get there. Robertson, edge of the box to hit one. Well, saved by Fern. Talley. Peterborough could be away down the right-hand side, and suddenly there's not too many defenders back for Portsmouth. There's danger here. Can they get the right pass? Towler doesn't want to commit a foul. Jay Jones' shot is blocked by the time it does come in. Corner kick, nil-nil. Right-footed corner to come in towards the far post. Header is somehow missed. Now it's going to be put in the net, and it is. And Peterborough have taken the lead, delayed celebrations. I think it's Adeboye who's forced it home in the end. It's not good defending from Portsmouth. The first header, no idea how it didn't go in. Portsmouth didn't react. Third touch for Peterborough in the penalty area. And that's enough to put the ball in the net. And Peterborough lead by a goal to nil. Lane coming into Peterborough's penalty area. What can Lane do here? Cross, right-footed. And it's too 
close to the goal, if anything, and out of play for a throw. Ball chipped down the right-hand side from Rackett, picks out Lane. It's a good ball, just outside the corner of the penalty area. Lane chips it into the middle. Sadie's going to chest it down, using his strength. Short goal! There is Christian Sadie's goal, and it's a brilliant one when he came, using that strength like we've seen so many times, and a finish that catches out the goalkeeper and nestles into the back of the net. Portsmouth 1, Peterborough 1. Oh, Swanson trying to get Sadie in behind. Sadie for Portsmouth goes down. Referee says no penalty. And Peterborough will play their way out of trouble. Robertson battling and Pompey win it. Oh, definitely runs with a challenge in midfield. That's got to be a yellow card. It's a second yellow card. And Charlie O'Connell is dismissed. Stevenson to Paul. And now Lane. 30 yards out on the right side. Lane trying to drive forward to the dead ball line, trying to get across and should be the goalkeeper. He's missed it. Kamara sticks a leg out. It's still loose in the area. Is that a penalty? No. Wow. He's given a free kick to Peterborough. Is he saying Bishop's dived? Well, there's contact. Pack wins a 50-50 in midfield. And Pompey try and go forward with Sadie. Looks out to the right. I don't know why he didn't just drive forward exactly. there. Exactly. He'll have another go this time. Sadie, lovely feet. Great from Sadie. He's fouled. Is it a free kick? We're into four minutes of added time. And the referee says, yes, free kick just outside the edge of the penalty area. Kamara's there as well. Whistle goes. Taken short. Pack does hit it low. And tip round the post by Tally, the goalkeeper. That is the final action. The full-time whistle has gone here. Portsmouth have come from behind to level this one. And there's a handshakes all round. But there is still... A penalty shootout to take place to decide he'll be going to round three. Up steps Colby Bishop, right-footed and scores, sending the goalkeeper the wrong way. Knight steps up and scores! Stouffer got a hand to it, but it was struck well enough that he couldn't keep it out. Sean Raggett taking second for Portsmouth, steps up and scores! Oh, wow. Just whistle goes. De Havilland, a three-step run-up against Schofield. Save! Schofield dives to his right and palms it away. Referee blows his whistle. Pack, longer run-up. Pack scores, rolls it down the middle. That's gutsy. Stepping forward, slow run-up, scores. Well finished from Joe Tomlinson. Sadie, three-step run-up, scores! Down the middle. Jones steps up, slow run and scores. Rolls it into the opposite corner. Schofield going to his Ooh. left. Crowd rides to try and lift Abu Kamara. He'll come forward. Finn Tally makes himself big. Kamara steps up and puts it over the bar. Joe Morrell, hands on hips, edge of the penalty area, waits for the whistle, brings his run up and hits the post. Morrell has missed and Peterborough now have the chance to go through. Long run up, Boy scored in the first half. The chance to send Peterborough through, steps up and scores into the bottom corner. And Portsmouth are out of the League Cup. Get the fringe players in for the game that is less important. Whoever wins, fine, good for you. But, you know, Saturday is far, far more important for both sides. To White, to pull in the area, good from Pompey. Pulls cross, Bishop, sharp block. Cries of handballer from the crowd rather than the players. He's trying to turn around Swanson and he'll curl it into the far corner. And Ricky J. Jones has made that look so easy, giving Peterborough the lead. Portsmouth's long run without conceding is over. Cross to come into the penalty area to the far post. Header there and into the back of the net. And Colby Bishop does have his goal. He still had to wrestle Ronnie Edwards off him. You can see how much that means to him. White's not a good delivery. Oh, Peter will make a complete mess. And Kamara scores. First 
it from two yards out. He just tapped it in. Pompey have turned it around. Porter two, Peterborough one. Swanson's crossing to the middle. Morrell heads it on. Heading off the bar. Loose in the area. Sadie picks it up. It was Kipriano against his own bar. Pack back to Sadie. Looking at the far post. Tips round. Great save by Milokovic. 2-1 Pompey corner. Chips it back into the penalty area. Pack the target. Pack to Kamara. Kamara shoots. And it's in the net. come forward, nice break from Collins. Foul, and Morrell is going to get a second yellow here, and he's off. Joe Morrell has been sent off. A second yellow card. Probably didn't really need that either. No, they didn't. Edwards lays it off for the left-hand side. And that is it. Portsmouth remain unbeaten. A 17th game of League One football unbeaten. It's finished here. Portsmouth 3, Peterborough 1. When the ball went in the back of the net, it was a dream come true. Like I've been waiting for this moment and I was just happy it came today. And then to get the assist as well and get the three points, it just was the cherry on top, really. If we give the crowd the chance to, to get behind us like we did today, then you know it is a really, really intimidating place to play. And I thought the second half just epitomised that beautifully. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. And that is how Pompey have started their 2023-24 campaign. After six league games, the Blues sit fifth in League One on 12 points, two behind league leaders Stevenage. Very soon, we'll discuss what we've seen so far and introduce tonight's guests, as well as, of course, look ahead to tomorrow's meeting for the Blues with Derby County. Stick with us. Part two of this evening's edition of the Football Hour is coming up right after the short break. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, supported by Stagecoach South. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. Well, we've kept them waiting long enough, so let's bring in tonight's guest. First of all, we have Mr Josh Sweetman on the line making his first appearance of the season. Josh, good evening and thanks for joining us. Good evening, Jake. Always a pleasure. And alongside myself and Josh this evening, Andrew Barnard is on the show to help preview Pompey's trip to Derby tomorrow. Barney, welcome. Good evening, mate. Thanks for having me again. It would help after 31 minutes into the show. I'll put your mic up, wouldn't it? Was I not up then? He was not. No. no. Well, good evening and thanks again for having me. Keep you quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Barney, first of all, we we just heard the highlights of the season so far before that ad break and uh, six league games into the campaign, one trophy match, one Carabao Cup tie, uh, two Carabao Cup ties, sorry, one, of course, um, sealed progression against Forest Green Rovers, one being defeated to Peterborough United, who then, just a couple of days later, Pompey beat in their most recent fixture by three goals to one at Fratton Park in the league six league games unbeaten so far to start the campaign three wins and three draws fifth in the table the only side unbeaten in league one how would you assess 
John Bassino start to life as you know his first managerial season? I think it's a very very solid start. You two two points I was going to point out. You've grabbed one from me there already, which was the the no loss. Of course, that's huge. Um, you know, for everyone has lost a game bar us. Yeah, that's that's enormous after only six or seven games for most teams. Um, that and the fact we've got the joint best goal difference in the league. Um, it's, it's a pretty good start. It's a solid foundation to push on with. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving it a solid like eight out of ten, if you will, <laughs> yeah. if you have to give a rating on it. Yeah. And um, I, I think that rating is is rather fair, Josh. Eight out of ten, because you can't complain too much about an unbeaten start to the campaign and being where Pompey are on the table as things stand. But of course, there are some concerns from 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 some supporters who are fairly you know validly raising the concerns of of, of how Pompey are performing in front of goal. Okay, Peterborough at home in the most recent fixture was phenomenal in the second half, but there are still concerns about the way and how fast Pompey go forward. Are you still, or are you concerned about this, or are you more of a fact that actually, no, let's keep it, let, let's be patient and, and see what John Messino's got up his sleeve? I'm not sure that I think you can be patient. I, if John Messino had come in at the start of the summer, then he'd be, what, six games into his tenure and then maybe you can understand it. I think he's been there long enough now to potentially have worked through those issues. I think I wouldn't be too worried about the issues going forward. I, I, obviously, we scored, we were fantastic against Peterborough yeah. in the second half. We played that way for the rest of the season. Then we're going to we're gonna put a lot of goals past him. My, my biggest concern so far this season, obviously Barney was right, it's a very solid start, is the fact that we're struggling to dominate teams and we're struggling to look like we're the better team. We did in the second half against Peterborough, but for the first 20 minutes of that game, they played us off the park, I thought. Yeah. And it is we can dominate against Cheltenham, that's fine, but they're going to stick men behind the ball. So we've got to show in the next two games, which arguably going to show us where we are this season, that we can dominate away from home or we can be the better team away from home rather than just hit them on the counter. Yeah. And something that has been... You know, a, a concern for John Messina this season so far, Barney, is how slow they they start games. Even against Peterborough a fortnight ago, it was for Posh who went ahead. Um, going into the half-time break, Pompey had a mountain to climb, and of course that second half really spurred him on to that 3-1 victory. We've seen slow starts against the likes of Bristol Rovers and Cheltenham this season. Cheltenham, who are really, really struggling for points and even goals at the bottom ends of the division. We kind of thought that maybe coming up coming up against a good side and the real first proper test against a team that you expect to be up there at the end of the season in Peterborough, that if we were to start slow, we may not be so lucky as to get even a point out of the game. Were you surprised to see such a reaction in that second half? And does that show to you the mental strength within this team that John Messino has been able to assemble? Yeah, I'm, I was very impressed with the the way we even turned it around before half-time. I, I was sat, sat next to my mate Mike and said, when we were 1-0 down that Darren Ferguson's going to be going in saying, boys, perfect, do the same again second half. And then before you know it, we go in 2-1 up. I don't, I don't know how that happened. It almost felt um, a bit of a shock. But uh, yeah, everything we did in the second half was perfect. They they barely got a chance. Um, we defended well. There was obviously one misdemeanor right towards the end. Um, but apart from that, it was a, it was a near perfect yeah. 70 minutes yeah. <laughs> uh, once you got past their goal. And uh, Josh, you briefly mentioned it a moment ago, two real tough tests coming up for Pompey now, two away ties in the space of, uh, what, three, four days. Derby County tomorrow afternoon is our feature game to preview this evening on the show, but Barnsley on Tuesday night as well. 
as a supporter, if I was to ask you the question as a bare minimum, how many points would you want to see Pompey come out of this? And don't say six. <laughs> as, as a bare minimum. Um, would, would, would you accept two draws or would you actually rather, and this is a very strange question, would you rather win one of the games and get three points and lose the other? Would you rather have more points on the board or would you rather have one less point and have that unbeaten record still intact? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because like naturally a lot of people would say to you, oh, I'll take one win and one loss, that's three points. But the issue is, is that obviously you're playing against rivals who you expect to be in and around you at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah. If you ask me now, I'd snap your hand off for two draws. I think two good, very good teams who are going to be pushing top four or five at the, at the end of the season, I'd take a draw against both of them now. Um, but I, I, as I said, I think we just need, probably fans need a performance tomorrow that even if it's a, a draw, but we look really good, yeah. like we just need something that's going to kick us and get us going and get properly behind Mazzinio. Mm. OK, more on tomorrow's game at Pride Park in just a few moments' time. But uh, some news that was announced at six o'clock this evening, just just over half an hour ago on social media from uh, Portsmouth Football Club, um, was that the Pompey, Pompey and the Pompey Supporters Trust are pleased to jointly announce the statue of Jimmy Dickinson will be unveiled at Fratton Park next Saturday, the 23rd of September. A short ceremony will be held at midday, ahead of a League One home match against Lincoln City, which of course is a three o'clock kickoff at PO4. Supporters are welcome to attend and can congregate around the site of the statue, which is located around the northwest corner of the ground, so the corner of the North Stand and the Fratton End ahead of that unveiling. The statue will then, of course, remain on permanent display for, va- for fans to view at any time. This, be- this has been something we've been covering on the Football Hour and Pompey Live over the last two or three seasons since it was first really brought into fruition from uh, the Portsmouth Supporters Trust that this was an idea. They wanted to bring Jimmy Dickinson and his legacy back to life. And I'm delighted to say we've managed to rope in treasurer of the Pompey Supporters Trust, Donald Vast, onto the show with us this evening at the last minute. Donald, Firstly, thank you very much for calling in tonight. Second of all, you must be thrilled that after the last couple of years of fundraising and planning, this Jimmy Dickinson statue is just over a week away from becoming a reality. Yeah, good evening, Jake. We're, we are absolutely thrilled today. It's been, uh, this is the culmination of probably about two years' work all in, actually, if we sort of think right back to sort of the start of this project. Um, and to now be sort of one week away from finally unveiling it for the fans, I'm, I'm just overjoyed, really. I can't wait for everyone else to see it. Um, I completely appreciate, you know, whenever whenever anyone announces a sort of a statue in sport, you know, there was a little bit of tension, isn't there? We can all think of the bad ones, but um, having sort of seen the the clay work in person, you know, I, I can I can reassure everyone, you know, when you see it next Saturday, you're going to be absolutely thrilled. It's a, a statue to really to be proud of. Um, I think it's really befitting, actually, the great man mm-hmm. and the profile he's got here in the city. And this comes, Donald, we've we've had plenty of conversations here on the Football Hour about this Jimmy Dickinson statue over the past couple of seasons since it was first announced that, you know, the idea of even bringing this to life had come about. Um, to, to finally see it come to fruition is going to be a fantastic occasion, I'm sure, for many Pompey fans looking forward to it. Um, you, you must feel that sense of pride as well to be bringing what will be the first ever statue at Fratton Park. You allude to there about how other clubs have got statues of their great legends from down the years and some of them don't look that great to be quite fair but, <laughs> but nonetheless they've got them. Portsmouth Football Club have, have never had um, a, a statue of a legend outside the ground so this is a first and you've been working on that so that immense sense of pride as well but to bring this to life to the community um, it is very very important to honour Jimmy's yeah. legacy. 
Yeah, well, you mentioned that word pride there. I think, you know, when I think of being a Portsmouth fan, one of the things I'm really proud of, actually, is our rich history. We've got such an amazing uh, history of players and, and coaches through the years at our club. And I think, actually, you know, it really was time that, that we honoured some of the greats. Um, and so this this project, obviously, particularly coincides with the club's 125th anniversary year. And we thought that that's the ideal opportunity, actually, to really take stock and think, you know, let's let's put some of the, those famous names and, and greatest ever players up in lights uh, and actually remember them. Um, and I think particularly, you know, I really hope this can inspire not just sort of the um, younger generation of fans as well who might not know him so well, but also younger generation of players too to see that, you know, if you if you really go and put a shift in this club and you really make a name for yourself, you know, you will be remembered for decades to come. Um, you know, this is, you know, Jimmy's legacy lives on, you know, to this day. And, you know, who knows, maybe there'll be, you know, the next Jimmy Dickinson coming up through the academy now that actually one day, you know, their statues can be outside the North Stand as well. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see that sort of thing in the future inspire the next generation. And just finally, Donald, this is, of course, happening during Pompey's 125th anniversary season. It's a great way to remember, as you've mentioned, not only the, you know, the, the great Jimmy Dickinson, but also to, to honour a rich part of Pompey's fantastic history during this celebration season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, particularly someone like Jimmy. You know, he's won the, the first division twice. You know, there's, there's not an awful lot of players that can say that. And particularly for someone like him, who's a one-club man, you know, never played for anyone else, racked up hundreds and hundreds of appearances for our club. You know, that is someone to be celebrated. That's the sort of person that actually really does deserve a statue there to be remembered and to be idolised. And I hope a lot of sort of those younger fans that, you know, quite understandably might not know that much about Jimmy. You know, I hope that this will sort of prompt them to look into him a little bit more and to learn a little bit more about uh, a figure that is so central to our club and, and to sort of understand why it is that he's there uh, up in bronze and, mm. and will be outside Fratton Park now forevermore. Donald, very last minute with this news. Thank you very much for coming on to the show and joining us tonight. I really appreciate your time and uh, I look forward to seeing you next Saturday for the unveiling. Nice one. And just really briefly as well, I just yeah. do, do just want to say thank you so much to all of your listeners who did contribute as well because I know you've been really generous to give us time here when we were fundraising and I know a lot of your listeners will have donated. So thank you so much to everyone that did. You are very, very welcome. Donald Vass, thank you very much for your time tonight. OK, right, it is time now for one last ad break on the show. But fear not, because the three of us will be back in just a moment. When we return, we'll round up our preview of Pompey's trip to Derby tomorrow and rein in the score predictions too. And we'd love to hear yours as well. Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text. Start your message with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on Twitter at expressfm. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch via the ExpressFM app where you can send us a voice note as well. The final thoughts of myself, Josh and Barney to come when the football hour reaches its conclusion. Stick with us here on Express FM. This is the football hour, 93.7 Express FM. We know entertaining the kids can be tricky at the best of times. That's why Stagecoach is here to help. During the school holidays, up to four people, maximum of two adults, can travel with our Portsmouth Group Dayrider for just £5. So that's your travel sorted. Now you just need to decide what to do when you get there. Special offer tickets are only available from the driver. Cash and contactless payments accepted. Leave the car at home and enjoy a day out by bus. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. 
Welcome back for the final time this evening to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you tonight by Stagecoach Across the South, whose app you can download for free right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. We'll get more from both Josh and Barney very soon, but before we bring them back into the conversation, let's take a sneak peek into the opposition camp. Kirsty Roxanne has been investigating the key names and numbers behind Pompey's next opponent, Derby County. The Blues fought hard against Peterborough from 1-0 down to claim a 3-1 victory. Now Pompey will be looking to secure another victory as we take a 384-mile round trip to Pride Park Stadium to take on Derby County. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. John Massino's side are currently sitting fifth in the table and are still unbeaten this campaign. A new club record set of 16 EFL matches unbeaten carrying over from last season. With Joe Rafferty and Joe Morrell both out of the starting 11 due to red cards against Stevenage and Peterborough, there will be some changes to Messino's side. But first, let's take a look at our opposition. Manager. Former midfielder Paul Warren is at the helm for the Rams. The 50-year-old started playing football with non-league side Great Yarmouth Town before moving on to this town with whom he won the FA Baseball in 1994. After playing for Wroxham, he started his professional career when he signed for Wigan Athletic before moving to Rotherham, where he played over 250 games in all competitions. Warren also played for the likes of Oldham Athletic and Yeovil Town before he returned to his former club, Rotherham, where he scored the equalising goal to beat Championship Derby County 2-1 in the first round of the League Cup. He joined the coaching staff at Rotherham in 2012 upon his retirement from professional football. Warren was appointed caretaker manager after the resignation of Kenny Jackett. During his time as full-time manager, he won three promotions to the championship in 2018, 2020 and 2022, with two relegations to League One in 2019 and 2021. He also won the 2022 EFL Trophy Final before departing in September 2022. Warren was officially announced by Derby County as their new head coach on a four-year deal in September 2022, Following a stellar January that saw Derby have a 100% record, Warren was appointed League One Manager of the Month. However, form collapsed after this and Warren oversaw just six wins in the final 18 games as Derby finished seventh place, the joint lowest league finish in club history and missed out on a playoff place by one place and points. One to watch. Our one to watch this week is Nathaniel Mendes-Leng, who wears the number 11 shirt. Starting his career at Peterborough United, he also went on to play for Rochdale, Cardiff City, Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday, including a short loan spell at Portsmouth in 2012, where he made eight appearances. Mendes Lang joined the Rams on a two-year deal in 2022, scoring his first goal in a win against Barnsley in August. He would alternate as a winger and a wing-back in the 2022-23 season and scored eight goals in 51 games. Top scorer. Derby's top goal scorer so far this campaign is number 10, Martin Waghorn. Waghorn played for the Rams in 2018 till 2021, where he saved the club from relegation on the final day of the 2020-21 season with a penalty kick. After his contract expired, he joined Cardiff City on a two-year deal before returning to Derby in August this year on a one-year deal. The 33-year-old has found the back of the net five times in his first four appearances, including a hat-trick in a 4-2 victory over Peterborough United. Current form. Derby are currently sitting 11th in the League One table. With a 2-1 defeat on the opening day against Wigan and a recent 2-1 defeat with 10 men against Bolton, the Rams have three wins and three defeats to their name this campaign. The last time these two teams met was at the end of last season at Pride Park, where Derby came back to secure a 1-1 draw a game that Derby so desperately needed to win to reach the playoffs. 
Can the Blues keep up the unbeaten streak and bring home another three league points? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Kirsty. Greatly appreciated, as always, that inside into the Blues' next opponent, Derby County, led, as we've just heard there, Josh, by a man who knows exactly what it takes to get a team out of League One, Paul Warren, with three promotions on his CV from his time at Rotherham United. Yeah, he's a good manager, Paul Warren, isn't he? It's, uh, it's one of those that probably won't play the most spectacular of football, but just knows how to get out of this division. And I think... I, 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 I really hope that John Massinio does it for us this season, but... If not, then we have to be looking at someone of Paul Warren's calibre that that knows the division, knows what it takes. It's almost like Neil Warnock, isn't it? <laughs> you just what you need someone that knows how to get you out of this division, and then and then just try and stay there once you get out. Arguably, though, Barney, that, that is a very good point, and a, a lot of fans are sort of maybe wishing for that when the appointment was made back in January. But we have been there, done that with Kenny Jacket didn't work out so well yeah uh, I know it's very subjective to the person you get in but yeah I, I think we've seen the same though with Kenny and with Danny that you you go with, with managers that have experienced promotions um, you like to think those experienced heads could have moved us forward but they really didn't did they we, we the, the closest we've come was that very first year in League One mm. and it just didn't happen it, it fell apart with that famous offside pass from Brett Pittman. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, and re- in regards to tomorrow as well, Barney, very quickly, Nathaniel Mendes laying highlighted as our one to watch for the game this weekend. Former Pompey player, we know exactly what it's all about. Been up against him in, in the Carabao Cup against Cardiff City on a, a number of occasions as well. He will be a, a very pivotal part of this Derby County cog and someone that, that this Pompey team, a, a bit of a changed one from, from the last game, we'll talk about that in a moment as well, um, that we'll have to keep him quiet. Yeah, there's a there's a few players in that squad though, isn't there? That they've got a lot of experience, not even just League One, but Championship as well. Um, Waghorn, if he plays, got a hat trick against Peterborough, and two of the, two of those were set up by Mendes Lang. So there's a, clearly a partnership right there that we've got to be really, really careful. Yeah. Well, from Saturday and sort of rewinding back to Wednesday night, Pompey staged 125th anniversary historical friendly with Royal Artillery at Gosport's Privet Park. They played a key role in the club's formation back in 1898. The Pompey under-18s came up against this side um, for a 7.45 kick-off in midweek. Um, Royal Artillery went two goals ahead at the half-time break, but substitute Sam Follerin emerged from a bench. He stuck, uh, he striked twice uh, with Spencer Spurway also on target to give Pompey a 3-2 victory. Jeff Harris was at the forefront of the planning for this one. Jeff, tell us a bit more about how his fixture came about. Um, yeah, so I was involved as part of the Pompey Armed Forces Supporters Branch on a Tony Goodall's fan conference when the initial 125-year celebrations were being discussed. And although the club were, were looking for a high-profile team, um, I just thought it would be a really good idea to recognise the part the Royal Artillery football team played in the formation of Portsmouth Football Club and also with one eye on, you know, remember the past, but also one eye look at the future and, and get the academy team involved in the celebrations because it, it's great we're 125 years old. But, you know, you, you, you've got to be looking towards the next 50, 75 years going forwards as well. Yeah, and why the Royal Artillery Gunners? What kind of link do they have to Portsmouth Football Club? Why why was this opponent booked for this particular friendly? Like I said, going back to the, the historic value, before the formation of Portsmouth Football Club was, was formed, the Royal Artillery football team in, in the Portsmouth region played at Burnaby, what was now 
now Burnaby Road. Um, and, and they were attracting crowds of six, seven thousand for some of their high-profile games, and it was the one of the one of the reasons not only because of the, the success of the Royal Artillery team, but when they were originally put into the football league, it was an amateur amateur league, and because they were essentially paid soldiers for playing football, they were they were deemed as professionals. So they were they were expelled from the league, and obviously that helped towards. The formation of Portsmouth Football Club with the you know the well-known businessmen that, that came together in the high street to, to set up the club but more importantly three or four of those original Royal Artillery team players signed for Portsmouth Football Club back in back when we were formed. And in regards to the game itself Jeff quite an entertaining one we were treated to at Privet Park on Wednesday night the Royal Artillery the, the visitors if you can call them that going ahead by two goals to nil at the half time break and then the Pompey under 18s with an inspired comeback in the second 45 to win the game by three goals to do quite quite an entertaining affair we were treated to on what was a, a very special occasion as as you've mentioned already Yeah I mean look you know I, I was saying to Colin Farmery during the first half I think the, the for all the possession the, the Portsmouth Academy had, um, let's not underestimate the fitness levels of a serving soldier. These guys are, are running 8, 10, 12 miles a day on PT sessions three or four times a week. They're also playing sport in the afternoons. They're going to the gym in the evening. So these guys are not Sunday league footballers. They, they, are, they are, you know, fit individuals. And, they, and some of them are just come back from operational tours, you know, so they've been out there and whilst in their downtime, they'll be doing lots of lifting weights and fitness and everything else. So I think it, for the first 45 minutes, it was no shock that that the fitness levels of the Royal Artillery side were, well, I think, kind of underestimated by this young academy side. Um, but as, as the game went on, um, the academy got back because, you know, technical ability, uh, aside and fitness aside, the, the academy done really, really well to get back into that game. Jeff Harris, thank you very much for calling in tonight, um, giving us a bit of a lowdown from Wednesday's 125th anniversary historical fixture between Pompey and the Royal Artillery. Moving back on to Saturday's game, of course, the forefront of our attention this evening, Barney Pompey away at Derby County. Tough test, we've already highlighted that this evening. One player who could make his Blues debut, Tino Andorin, signed on loan from Chelsea for the season. Didn't feature him a game against Peterborough a fortnight ago. Um, do you think this is an opportunity for him to come straight into the starting eleven, or do you think John Messina might ease him in off the bench? No, I, I can see him being eased in. Um, he did the same with uh, Robertson, didn't he, as well? Um, I don't see him going straight in. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Sadie's played so well in that sort of ten position, uh, if you will. That that yeah, I think he's done enough to to hold on to that position. He's made it almost his own. Yeah. Like he he had everyone going mad for him on the, the Peterborough game so I think uh, yeah he'll stay there and if you are wondering why Tino Andrew did not feature him at Peter, Peterborough game two weeks ago here's what head coach John Messino told Andy Moon Tino trained with us on Thursday uh, again on Friday and he trained with a, a group this morning I think there were a couple of things for Tino first of all because we had the natural break now with the two weeks we thought it was much better not to risk anything today um, he's fit he's, he's not injured he's, he's there doing everything he needs to do at the training ground but when you've spent that long I think out of first team football and you come into a very very different environment where Tino's been playing with the with the 21s and he's, he's been training with that group it is different to what we see week in week out in, in League One no, no better or worse just very very different and we just want to manage him and, and make sure that he is there and available to um, at least have an impact against Derby. 
Well, that clears that one up. That's why Tino Andrew did not feature against Peterborough a fortnight ago. One player who would not be in action this weekend, Josh, is Joe Morrell, of course, suspended after picking up a second yellow card, uh, com- accumulating to a red card against that, against Peterborough in that game a fortnight ago. Who do you think comes in to replace him in midfield for this, for this one? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think it, I'd love to see Rossini take the brakes off and put someone like Tino or Robertson in the centre centre of park. And I'd, obviously, a lot of Poppy fans don't know much about Tino, but he's played at enough professional clubs out on loan. And Chelsea, I've heard Chelsea have played him in that sort of defensive role in the youth setup. I'd love to see him come in and offer us a bit more of the ball. I think it will be very much a let's go steady, and it will be one of Stevenson Devlin. Can't say that I've seen enough of them to be able to to judge who I prefer but I, th- I think he'll go safe and pack, pack the middle of the parks and then just try and go through Sadie but I guess laying out wide yeah, and a um, bit of a headache for John Messina this weekend. Uh, expected Anthony Scully could be a doubt for this game. Joan Burrell, of course, suspended. Gavin White also a doubt for this match as well. Spencer Spur, we, we mentioned, scored one of the goals against Royal Artillery in midweek in that friendly. He's been included into Pompey's senior team squad list for this season, so that's something to be uh, mindful of, something very interesting John Messina has played there. Right, score prediction time. Derby County coming up tomorrow afternoon. Josh Sweetman, what do you for this one my friend you know me i'm always negative jake but i fancy, <laughs> I fancy a one all i fancy a one all this weekend one all josh thank you very much barney what are you going for i'm gonna be depressingly the same uh, I, I think it's gonna be a repeat of last season i think it'll be a lot more derby than us but i'll take a one one Fair enough. Excellent stuff. I'm going to go for a 3-2 Pompey win. I'm going to be a bit more exciting than you are. <laughs> right, that is a wrap for tonight's edition of the Football Hour. But after two weeks with no men's action for Pompey, it is almost time to get right back into the swing of things. Pompey Live returns with full coverage of Portsmouth's trip to Derby County from 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Please do come and join us for it. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Pompey found their goal-scoring boost again with a 3-1 win over Peterborough United in League One. Kamara shoots, and it's in the net! And Rigo Paul has his first Portsmouth goal! A week off for the international break means we're on the road to Derby next. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, that's all from us this evening, but do join the team tomorrow for the return of Pompey Live. Myself and your host for this weekend's game, Connor Mosley, will both be live from Pride Park tomorrow afternoon to bring you all of the action as the Blues return to life in League One. Derby County, the opponents for match day number seven. And we'll be with you from two, right the way through till six, with Andy Moon providing the commentary of the game in between. I'll be back with your next Football Hour fix at six o'clock on Monday, which is when I'll be joined alongside Andy Mitchellmore and Brendan Tuttiet to discuss all of tomorrow's action at Derby and look ahead to Tuesday night's trip to Barnsley. Before all of tomorrow's action kicks off at Pride Park, Ian McGuinness will be starting your day off with Express Breakfast from 8, followed by Josh Bowness at 11. He's covering for Lily Park right away through until 2, which is of course when Pompey Live comes on air. If you missed any part of tonight's show or just want to take a listen back to it, head on over to our website, expressfm.com forward slash podcast, or visit either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even Spotify to stream this or any previous edition of the Football Hour. Express Floor Fillers is coming up straight after your 7 o'clock news tonight to get your weekend off to a flying start. Thank you for tuning in this evening, Blues fans. Let's do this again on Monday, shall we? Take care and have a fantastic weekend. I will catch you tomorrow afternoon on Pompey Live. Thank you for listening and good night.